Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. It is Tuesday, February the 28th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. Very lucky today to be joined by Andrew Ivins, Director of Scouting for 24-7 Sports, our Florida guru. And if you see a little smile on his face and you have the Twitter, you know he has re-upped with 24-7 Sports and our commitment to have the best be here for as long as we can possibly hold him. We've got Will Fung in the stable. We've got Andrew Ivins in the stable. Now there's going to be a hiring freeze because they took all the money. But Andrew, <laughs> also getting married in a week, Mr. Rite of Passage, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, exciting times. Uh, glad to be here. I'm back. I, I knew as soon as you hit me, I was had to be ready when all the Florida guys, and I, I'm ready to go. So uh been watching a ton of tape lately. Yep. You know, we've had a few event, events down here in, in, in Florida, a few seven-on-seven seven tournaments. I was up in Atlanta over the weekend for the Under Armour camp. We got another one coming up here in Orlando this weekend. So it's a fun time, uh, kind of re-familiarizing re- ourselves with the, the 2024 class. And, and, and you know, we're going to make a big update next month. So uh, exciting, fun time for us. Andrew is the guru of our rankings and he is down there in florida in the lauderdale area which means he is in the eye of the storm ohio state offers in the class of 2024 state of ohio 15 state of florida 22 we also have georgia or as they call it was it southern florida northern georgia i don't know how they call that up north i know they consider that basically another state in jacksonville but anyway we're going to get into all of it. Ohio State is heavily involved in Florida. And like you said, Andrew has been on the show before and is backed by popular demand. We're going to kind of reset 2024 here. And let's start at the top. Um, Ohio State's class at one point in time had Dylan Rayola in it, the number one quarterback. He's gone. They have the number one receiver in it, Jeremiah Smith. He created some interest in the last month with a tweet or two. Please bring us up to speed. How nervous should Bucknutters be about Jeremiah Smith and his planned migration to Columbus? 
I don't think there's reason to really panic at all, right? I mean, this is kind of what happens when you recruit one of these South Florida kids. And, and you know, if they make an early commitment, usually uh, you're going to have to hold on and, and, and you know, you're kind of gripping your seat a little bit. But Jeremiah Smith, to me, I, I think he's an Ohio State guy. I think when he gave a pledge to the Buckeyes uh, back in December, I mean, I think that was pretty calculated. Let's not forget that his camp has been through the recruiting process before. I mean, he's cousins with Geno Smith. That was a high-profile recruitment. Uh, th- this isn't some family that didn't sit down and, and think things through. And he's been to Ohio State a bunch. And I know there's reports out there that I think he's going to take some visits. I think FSU on March 4th is, is one, of a, one of them out there. Also rumors that he might get to – Florida and Miami, and sure, I, I think he could show up on those campuses at some point over the next two, three months, but I think he's all Ohio State. I think the big reason why is Brian Hartline. I think he wants to be in that offense. He wants to play uh, for zone six. He knows what Hartline can do with wide receivers. So I think as long as Hartline is there, I think as long as Keenan Bailey, the new tight ends coach, he's very well dialed in down in Broward County. He's played a big role in that recruitment. I think as long as those guys are there, Ohio State's still throwing it around the yard, getting receivers um, touches, getting them to the league. And then Jeremiah Smith's going to end up there. And uh, we'll see. You know, these visits, I think it's going to be, hey, he's traveling with some seven-on-seven teammates, you know, Mm kind of making the rounds. That's usually the case. You know, these guys go on bus tours. Um, I, I asked someone I know in Columbus, hey, are you guys worried? And they told me uh, last night that Jeremiah has relayed to them that he's 100% locked in with the Buckeyes. I, I don't think there's a visit planned right now, but sounds like he'll be there in March or April, maybe the spring game, something like that. I think he'll probably be there with some of his seven-on-seven teammates from the, the South Florida Express, Josiah Trader, JoJo Trader. I mean, those guys are kind of tied at the hip, play at the same high school. Uh, if one goes to one place, the other one's normally there. So uh, I, I think he's there's no no real need to panic right now. And I'll add this, right, Florida-Miami, two schools that you're looking at, uh, didn't have the best of the seasons on field. You know, th- those, those two schools, Mario Cristobal's entering his second season, uh, Billy Napier is going to go into his second season. And both of them lost their wide receivers coach. Josh Gaddis is out in, in Miami. They haven't yet to name his replacement. And then Kerry Colbert, who I think is an excellent kind of developer of talent there in Gainesville, you know, he he leaves to go to the NFL. So um, that's an opening as well. So both those guys had coached up Jeremiah Smith and, and built relationships with them. And, and now they're back on the market or, or elsewhere. So, you know, I, I think that kind of maybe dents Miami and Florida's chances a little bit, whereas Brian Hartline, uh, Jeremiah Smith's very familiar with him. Yeah, also, I think if there's concern among Bucknutters that he's going on these trips, the state of Florida operates the way Glenville High School does and that they want their, that's just a very specific thing, but like you said, their strength in numbers. And if Jeremiah Smith is on the trip, the chance the coaches are going to be a little more attentive to the other guys on the trip are there too so that's how they kind of do it like Bryce West will be on the on the bus with the Glenville guys Jeremiah Smith and like you said the South Florida Express connections and seven on seven for all the other guys make a big deal so there you go people no fear on Jeremiah Smith because uh that is the jewel of the class right now especially at Ohio State given wide receiver you let's talk about 
um, some other guys in Florida as we break it down here. Um, actually, you know what? Let's stay in the South. I'm going to do it. Actually, let's just do it. Just do JoJo Trader, right? While we do it. Like you said, they're kind of, I don't want to say they're a package deal, but yeah. JoJo and them are, are close. I've seen JoJo crystal balled elsewhere, though. Yeah. And I think I said Jeremiah is to me, an Ohio state kid having done this for a while. Like I think he fits the personality. I think trader is a bit different in, in, in the fact that he is more of a South Florida kid. And I anticipate his recruitment going probably the distance. This is a kid who's going to take official visits. There's going to be some momentum swings. There's going to be ebbs and flows. That's just how it, how it feels. And, you know, you pull different college coaches, different high school coaches, or, or, or people tied into the South Florida community, and they, they kind of agree with me. I, I think Miami is the one school to keep an eye on with Josiah Trader. The Hurricanes, you know, transitioning to more of what should be a, a, a wide-open spread attack with Shannon Dawson coming in over from Houston to run that offense. Um, and they need help at wide receiver. And, you know, Jeremiah Smith is is my favorite wideout. He might be the best wideout that has come out of South Florida in the modern recruiting era. And that's a pretty, you know, ridiculous label to have. You know, you got Jerry Judy, the Ridleys. I mean, a ton of guys have come out of here, but he's awesome. And what he did on the field, uh, 20 touchdowns this past season and, and the seven-on-seven seven circuit. I think right now he's got the fifth best uh 110 meter meter hurdle time in florida so we love him but trader is is a bit different in, in the fact that he's explosive he tracks the football extremely well in the air makes acrobatic catches and i think miami needs a little of that so i think mario cristobal is going to sink his teeth in to trader um with that being said you know i've heard that trader's probably going to get back up to Columbus, again, I think it'll be with Jeremiah Smith for a visit. I think the Buckeyes are, are pushing all the right buttons with him. I just think there is going to be some fierce competition for Trader. Florida State's also made him a huge priority. Mike Norvell and the Seminoles just had an excellent uh, season. They have a ton of momentum, and, and they've made South Florida kind of uh, you know, a, a target when they were out on the road during the bye week. Norvell was down here. Uh, they've worked satellite camps at FIU um, trader was at the one this past June there. Um, so they're trying really hard. I, I think those are the three schools. And as you know, the next few months play out, maybe more of these national players get involved. I can see like a USC and Oklahoma, something like that. So Ohio state's definitely in there. I just think it's going to be a little bit more of a battle for trader than it was Jeremiah Smith. Makes sense. We're going to stay in the South. The beauty of having Andrew here is, He's been to all the camps down there, and, you know, like we talked about, uh, Georgia being – I mean, Gwinnett County, man, I've talked about this, is – I know we've always said Florida was the number one spot. I think Gwinnett County is making a run, man. If you look at it in terms of maybe not total depth, but just player for player, I, I looked at the all – you know, the newspapers do their all-county teams. The all-county team for Gwinnett County last year was like the top 247 team. It was <laughs> unbelievable, for real, unbelievable. Ohio State able to get the defensive player of the year and Caden McDonald out of there. But it was like quarterback Alabama, Caleb Downs, and Justice Haynes, and Mikey Matt. It was ridiculous. So right. 
another guy from Georgia who has become, I think, front and center for us here, and we'll give a run to Jeremiah Smith on Inc., and that is Air Nolan, the quarterback, a lefty. Um, what do you know about him? I love him. <laughs> I uh, I am a big fan of Air Nolan, and uh, I recently kind of charted st- the st- career statistics for all of the arms inside our top two, four, seven. Air Nolan has thrown more passes on Friday nights than anyone in that group. He's thrown for more yards, over 8,000 8, yards, and more touchdowns, 105 touchdowns. This past season, he led Langston Hughes to a 15-0 record. Um, his 55 touchdown passes was went down as number two all-time for a single-season record in the Peach State. That's ahead of what Trevor Lawrence was ever able to do in one season, what Deshaun Watson was ever able to do. Eric Sire. Yeah, he is, he's got the goods. And I saw him Sunday at the uh, Under Armour camp. It's kind of hard for those quarterbacks to shine in that event, right? you got the offensive lineman going on, uh, and then they just throw one-on-one. It's not like an Elite 11 regional, but uh, he had some wow throws. There was other talented quarterbacks there, and I thought he established himself as kind of the alpha of that group. He's left-handed, right? So, mm. you know, a little bit, a little bit different, you know, if you look at – draft trends and, and all that stuff, you know, lefties uh, are, aren't selected high. There isn't a ton of them. And uh, I, I was talking with my my buddy, my, my trusted analyst, my number two, Cooper Patagna. He was also there. And we walked out of that camp and I said, man, this, this might be the best Southpaw to come out since Tua Tagovailoa. And I know that's a crazy statement and all that stuff, but um, they're very similar, quick release, uh, and when you look at him, you think, hey, this is a run first guy, right? He wants to run. And that's not the case at all. Aaron Nolan's a guy that's going to sit in the pocket. He's going to pick you apart. Big fan of him. So we, you know, we love all that stuff on the field. But I think in between the ears off the field, he checks off all the right boxes. I, I mean, just spending some time with him at that camp for a little bit. And then I also bumped into him at a seven on seven tournament in Naples. He was playing for the South Florida Express, I mean, just the mindset, the mentality of that kid, you know, he's he's looking for not just the best program to develop him and, and get him to the next level, but he wants to feel comfortable there. Uh, he wants to get an education. Um, you, you can tell that he's got good values and all that stuff. And I think he's he's a leader. I mean, 28 and three uh, on Friday nights. I think that's the second best record of any of the quarterbacks in the top two, four, seven. So I'm a big fan, a guy I anticipate rising in our rankings. And, you know, there's a reason why his recruitment has gotten a little crazy here as things uh, start to open up, right? We were in that February dead period. He's going to go on a a deep tour of schools in March, and one of the stops is Ohio State. Question on Nolan. One, let's do a twofold here. One, where do you think Ohio State currently sits? And – is it an advantage in any way that Jelani Thurman will be here when he visits? Uh, sorry, someone texted me. The second part, do, do, I, do I think Jelani Is Thurman? Is it be an advantage at all that his former high school teammate or current high school teammate, Jelani Thurman, will be on the Buckeyes when he visits? I, I do think that that is. I mean, that was one of his top targets at Langston Hughes this past season. I mean, it's pretty easy to throw at Jelani Thurman. He's Easy he's, to find. He, he's an easy guy to find. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, someone that was on my freaks list and and air even brought that up. You know, I, I had a ton of good targets last year. It makes it a lot easier 
uh, when you're playing around uh, around talent, but they're going up against solid talent, the sure. highest classification in, in the Peach State. So I would anticipate when he goes on that visit, Jelani Thurman is going to be involved. He's going to be at whatever meals that are. They're going to get him around him in the facilities. And someone I talk with in Columbus even brought that up when I when I mentioned Aaron Nolan. So right. uh, where do things stand in his recruitment? Go back to January, uh, visited Alabama. Alabama's already got a quarterback committed. He's been Julian to Texas. Yep. Yeah, Ironically, to Ohio State still interested in Julian. Go ahead. He was at Texas A&M. They already got a quarterback committed. I don't think Aaron Nolan's a guy that is worried about what the depth chart looks like. I asked him that. Right. So, you know, I, I think those two schools are still involved. The ones that I have circled, or maybe it's two or three, Clemson, he's going to get there March 10th and 11th. Clemson has not offered. Dabo Sweeney does it his own way, right? He wants the kid to get on campus. They want to um, kind of vet the personality before offering. And Clemson's kind of missed out on on a few targets. Walker White was the guy they wanted. He ended up selecting Auburn a few weeks ago. They're in on Jaden Davis. Um, but I could see Air Nolan being a guy. And, and I've, I've said this, I, I think, on my podcast. Like, I think Air Nolan will arrive at the facility. They'll meet him in the parking lot, and he's going to have an offer before they even open up that door. I just think his, again, his mentality, his mindset, it, you know, I, I think – he's going to check all the box for them. So I think Clemson's one to watch, you know, obviously right there and not, not too far away. And then I think Ohio state, you know, he, he told me um, before really reports came out there that he was going to visit Columbus that, Hey, you know, Ohio state, they say they want to come, they they want to meet me kind of the same thing as Clemson. They want, they want to see me kind of vet me out. Um, and, and, you know, why would you not want to play in that offense with, with Ryan day and, you know, it's easy for the Buckeyes. Point to C.J. Stroud, what what he's he's going to do in the upcoming draft. He's going to be selected. So, and, and what he has done on Saturdays there in the Big Ten. So, I think those two, even though they haven't offered, those are the ones I'm I'm kind of keeping my eye on. And then Miami, Mario Cristobal, super involved in that recruitment. They got a new again offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson. They're going to open it up, kind of a, a air raid type of attack. I think Air Nolan fits that. Air has been to Miami before. Uh, he's going to get back there as well for a visit. So I think that's one you got to monitor. Uh, other well, schools. When you talk to him, do you call him Air? Uh, it, it's funny. Yeah. So I, I do call him Air. And it, it's Prentice Air Nolan. Okay. And, 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 and people call him Air. Yeah. They go by Air. And I, I, I said, I where did this, you got you to have it. it where, where did that name come from? And, and he said his dad played basketball in high school. And I guess his, his friends kind of, Gave him the nickname uh, Air, kind of like after Air Jordan. I, I guess they. It was common, and yeah, his dad's probably in my age group. I don't want to <laughs> detail that, but yes, everything was referred to Mike Air something. Yeah, and and that that just became the nickname. I was like, man, were you destined always to be a quarterback? And he joked, and he's like, yeah, that's it's kind of what my brother said early on. And um, if you go back again, like he started thirty-one games. He played as a freshman at Langston Hughes. They had a. Uh, a senior there and, and they kind of split time, but as an eighth grader, he was named MVP of, of one of those games there. I mean, he is, he's been the guy and um, you know, so uh, it, it's a funny nickname, but it, it's one of my favorite out there. Oh, yeah. uh, a couple other schools he's going to visit Arkansas. I think, I, I don't think he's been there before. He's familiar with Dan Enos who came over from Maryland. Interesting note there. 
Dan Enos was at Alabama when Tua Tagovailoa was there. Obviously, mm-hmm. Tua, Tua left-handed, air left-handed. I think he's trying to play that up. Hey, you're a left-handed guy. And I think Sam right. Pittman is a great uh, recruiter, uh, a head coach recruiter. He does a good job uh, of getting involved. And uh, we, we knew what he did on the offensive line there when he was at Georgia, and, and that's carried over to Arkansas. And then kind of a wild card in all this or, or the school that I think a lot of people's eyebrows go up is Purdue. He's going to visit there on April 6th. He's brought Purdue up to me multiple times. New staff there, Ryan Walters coming over from Illinois. He's familiar uh, with some of the offensive coaches there. So um, a bit of a wild card, dark horse. I, I, I don't know what you're going to call them. Uh, but again, I, I think Ohio State, Clemson are, are the two to watch out. I would not be surprised if both those guys off, or both those schools offer. And I think Miami and, and, and again, he's not afraid of, of, of the, the depth chart or the situation at Texas A&M um, in Alabama. So it's, it's kind of wide open, but I think that that is that is the lead pack. Right. I would go those three and then those other schools I mentioned are also in the mix. Keep in mind, people, that Andrew is the director of scouting and has a large influence on the rankings Given his commentary on a certain Nolan figure, I, I expect him to be ranked suitably in the next uh, the next ranking. All right, let's take a quick break and play some podcast bills. Come back and finish this thing up. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. And we're back. Andrew's been very generous with his time. Um, We're going to hit some names. We can go rapid fire here if you want. Just give me your initial commentary on the dude as we reset 2024. And we're going to, once again, uh, Florida and Georgia have kind of mingled here in elite talent. So we're going to kind of bounce around. Mikey Matthews. He's uh, a county, by the way. Yeah, he's an interesting one. He's at Parkview. Uh, Also a talented basketball player. He's got a few hoops offers, but football is clearly – his future. And, and the question for us has been on the, on the ranking side is, Hey, number one, where do we rank this kid? Right. Prolific wide receiver, but he's also a really good defensive back um, worked out at wide receiver Sunday at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. Wasn't a top performer for us, but he was right there. I mean, he made um, some circus grabs during one-on-ones. He, he was good. He checked all the boxes for us. We'll see what the testing comes back, but um, you know, he, he, he passed the eye test is, sure. is what we'll say. And, I, I caught him as he was walking off the field, and and I just wanted to ask him, hey, like, are, are you planning to play offense or, or defense at the next level? And some kids will be like, hey, I'm favoring this. He was kind of noncommittal in terms of where he saw himself. Um, I think Ohio State likes him at wide receiver. I don't know where he is necessarily in their pecking order, and that might be a product of more of some of the other guys they're in on, right? They already got Jeremiah Smith committed. We know they want Josiah Trader, Mylon Graham's um, another mm-hmm. another wide receiver that comes up. So I think Ohio State's involved there. I don't know if they are, you know, pushing really, 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 really trying. And uh, again, I I think he could be a defensive back. He's he's got some elite ball skills on that back end, probably more of a safety, but he's good. Um, and, and there's still a ways to go in that recruitment. I don't think anything's uh, 
you know, coming down the pipe anytime soon. You wanted to touch on this name and there's a reason for it. Zabian Brown, not, not kind of, we're kind of throwing a curveball in here. <laughs> yeah. He's a kid out at, at matter day. And uh, I've had a lot of live exposure. Come out modern day in California, people we're bouncing all over the map. Go ahead. <laughs> I've had a lot of live exposure to um, cornerbacks, you know, the, the top flight cornerbacks and, and yes, guys are still emerging as, as we pour through film, but Zabian Brown probably is one of my favorite corners out there. Saw him at the South Florida Express tryout. I, I had to do a double take just like you. I'm like, what is this kid right. doing down here in Miami for the tur- for for the tryout? I thought he was the best in footwork drills, moved the best, was the, the, the smoothest guy, uh, got out of his breaks, can weave, can tee, all that stuff. And, and that says a lot. I mean, South Florida is known for the DBs. This guy yeah. from California shows up um, and, and was essentially the alpha dog of the tryout. Then, then I get to see him at the battle Miami seven on seven tournament. Absolutely loved him. I think he's a name to know. I think he's going to keep rising uh, up recruiting boards around the country. You pop on the tape, what he did at matter day as a junior, it it lines up with my in-person evaluation. You know, he's, he's on the taller side. He's got some length in the arms. He can run. And uh, again, he's tied in with that South Florida express organization, organization, excuse me, and I can see him showing up at, in Columbus at some point with them. So I think that's a name to know for Ohio State fans. That's maybe a, lit, a little outside of the box. Um, USC is probably going to be hard to beat with Lincoln Riley there and um, the history between Matter Day and, and the Trojans. But he's a big-time talent um, and a guy that I think can make an impact right away on Saturdays. Our Mike Schaefer has commented on here, and he's got my next name, and that is Sammy Brown. Sammy Brown's a guy we've talked about a lot, um, and not just for his hair. He is a unique athlete. He is, uh, like I said, I'm obsessed with guys who run the 400. <laughs> I think he might also wrestle, if that's true. It's just ridiculous. But uh, Sammy Brown, linebacker, he feels like t- this feels like a tough grab to me. It does. Um... But I think Ohio State is, I mean, Steve Wilfong, would have, he, he's more plugged into in the recruitment than me. Sammy was not at the Under Armour, Under Armour camp, but, you know, you kind of try to read the tea leaves. I think Clemson and Georgia are, are mm-hmm. definitely probably 1A, 1B, but right behind them, I, I would think it's Ohio State, uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, you could throw some, some other schools in there. Um, he is a lock for my freaks list, uh, w- which we do every cycle, uh, kind of trying to identify the top eight athletes in the class. You mentioned that 400 as a freshman, he won the Georgia one, a, I think it was public meet and the 400 meter dash, which is in- insane. But then you go on his social media and you look and it's just video after video of him in the weight room. Um, I don't have it written down in front of me, but you know he's he's bench pressing 365. Uh, I think power clean. I think 385, 495 back squat for three. Brought up the wrestling. Um, Two time state champ on the mat was in the 200. I mean, dude. Yeah, yeah he is. He he's a. I, I don't know if there's anyone I've ever heard of who won the 400 and a state championship in wrestling, and as a linebacker. And by the way, I searched for pictures of him the other day on the AP thing. There's none of him tackling. He has the ball the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he plays running back. I think I think he had over a thousand yards. So profile wise for us, I mean, he checks off every single box. Um, 
and we'll see we'll see what happens. I, you know, it's hard for him to take visits because he is a three three sport athlete, yeah. right? He's right back in the track. He's season. a lifeguard and he runs <laughs> a small floral business. And I'm saying he can. I'm. I'm surprised the, the uh, special forces aren't aren't trying to. Work I'm not even him. kidding. He should just. I mean, we need this guy protecting our borders. Sammy <laughs> Brown. Good lord. And by the way, like I like you said, he does have also, you know, a much better looking blonde mullet than Quinn Ewers. It's not stringy. It's got some perm look to it. You think? I don't imagine Sammy Brown struggles socially either. Uh, so it, it, it's it's kind of a throwback, right? Like yeah. throwback to the '80s type of look. He's Brian Bosworth without the lunacy and the uh, craziness. Well, that's that'll be a fun one just to follow. Um, anyway, I just have never heard anyone with that profile. He be, he better be pretty good. Um, how about Zaquan Patterson? He he's uh, an interesting evaluation. Um, you know, we currently have him graded out as a linebacker his camp isn't really happy about that but you know uh, our rankings are always trying to steer towards a projection right and I think right now the best way to kind of label him as it, it, it is as a back seven hybrid of sorts um Zaquan monster does, back or whatever that is now. yeah 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 kind of one of those guys that can man up and play in the box, but he's also got some range. And he, I think, has the best special teams highlights I've seen in, in the 2024 cycle. I mean, you put it on blocking punts, blocking kicks, blowing people up and kicking punt coverage. So you love to see that. Yes. And then he was playing wide receiver at, at the Battle Miami seven on seven tournament, creating separation, winning jump balls in the end zone. Um, he can play. And I think right now he's probably around. 195 pounds, six six foot plus. Um, he, he's a dude, and and, and the coaches at Shamanad Madonna Prep, which is where Jeremiah Smith, Josiah Trader, uh, Kenyatta Jackson went there as well. They told me Zaquan's actually going to play corner um, as a senior for them, uh, and, and they got a a a, a pretty loaded schedule. So it's going to be fun to see him in that role. He's running track. Um, this year, I think he just went 11-3 in the 100, which is an encouraging time. I mean, sure. we're, we're still seeing the first few meets. You know, if he gets below that 11, you know, the all-important sub-11 mark, that's that's going to be certainly notable. Uh, his recruitment, you know, kind of all over the place. He's been to Georgia a bunch of times. You know, Georgia, I, I think they they love these types, guys that are just interchangeable pieces that don't have to play starter snaps right you can play them in situational so i think georgia's a, georgia's a school to watch there i think miami's another one to watch they've been on him from the jump um he played for the miami garden ravens same same team that jeremiah smith and, and josiah trader played for in, in the youth parks but uh miami's corners coach demarcus van dyke is really tied in with that organization and i think they kind of identified zaquan as a guy to watch from early on but like with all these South Florida kids, you know, most of them, I, I think it's going to go the distance. And, and I think there's a chance he could eventually visit Ohio State um, if they pushed for that. I'll tell you what, uh, this is a story for another time, but Miami football and the way it's run down there, South Florida football, it reminds me of DMV basketball. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you, an abundance of talent and like, just a real sense of how to develop it. All right, let's finish with these two guys who both have a very interesting Ohio hook. 
One is Booker Pickett, and that is Ryan Pickett's nephew, I believe, and a sack specialist. So we like that. And the last name we want to talk about is Elias Rudolph. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> Half standout defensive end. They played him at nose guard last year to mix it up. And then his mom, can't blame her as I look outside, has opted for Deerfield Beach over Cincinnati. So he's moved there for his senior year, which makes it interesting. Let's talk about Booker Pickett, and we will finish with Elias Rudolph. Booker Pickett, uh, I mean, put on the tape. <laughs> it's not, not easy to, to to figure out why everyone is after him. I think he's over 40 or 50 scholarship offers. Recently put out, I think it was a top 12 or a, a top 13. Uh, 60 13 sacks. over 12, that's important. Baker's dozen, Baker's dozen. 60 sacks over the past three years. Uh, he's a dangly speed rusher on the edge. Uh, I think for me, I, I actually have not seen him in person. One of the rare kids I, I just haven't crossed paths with yet. Hopefully that happens this weekend at the Under Armour camp uh, in Atlanta. You know, I, I, I think he's around 6'3". He, he can't be more than 210 pounds. So my question is, how big can he get? Um, you know, is he more of a jack three, four rusher? Can he put his hand in the dirt? Uh, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out and, and put my thumb on. But when it comes to his burst ability to bend around the edge, I mean, not many guys like him in, in the 2024 class. I kind of compare him to Chris Rump. I, you know, that's probably a name a lot of people don't know. He was at right? he was at Duke. Um, all ACC type guy drafted. I think Mike Rump was Miami. My bad. Mike Rump is the coach, but uh, Chris Rump's his dad's an NFL coach, and he's he he uh, day two, day three selection by the the Rams uh, or, or or Chargers, one of them, and he's having a successful career in, in the league. So, uh, like Booker, I think Ohio State's a school he's going to visit based on what. I've kind of gathered. Uh, and you also got to watch out for Miami, though. His dad played at Miami. So yeah. Uncle went to uh, Ohio State, had a successful career in the NFL. Dad was there kind of in Miami's heyday uh, oh, when yeah. they were winning national titles. So those are the was in the secondary with, like, Ed Reed. Yep, 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 yep. So um, – That was a first-round draft pick, though, wasn't he? To the Falcons? I don't know. Old. Not, not, not dad. I think I think uncle was. Uncle oh, was his uncle. Okay, uncle, uncle, uncle. Um, I tell you who you sounds like you're describing to me a six foot three defensive guy who's a little thin that's known on the edge from Florida. That's Ryan Shazier. Yeah, yeah, and and that's a, that's an interesting comparison. Again, I, I just got to see. You know, you know, people wonder about, about the evaluation process, right? You. You put on the film, right? You see what In you fact, can. Answer that. We got a question on here that you can you can do that at the same time. What goes into? Yeah, Andrew. What are the factors when used when ranking players? That kind of came up. Now that we do that right in the conversation, you can kind of tag that with the Shazir thing here. Yeah, I, I mean our our rankings process. I think a lot of people think, hey, you know, we just watch watch tape and and that's it. I mean, some of these kids, we've been tracking four years, right? And as you go through the cycle, we just closed the book on 2023. And now our focus has quickly shifted to 2024. So at, at this time, I mean, we are watching a, a ton of film and it's not just the highlight tapes, right? You know, we have access to see full games, right? So film is always going to kind of be the baseline, right? You got to be good in pads, right? Then the next thing 
we're looking for is traits, right? Multi-sport. What are they doing uh, on the basketball court? What are they doing on the track? You know, in the jumps, the throws, all that stuff. Do they play baseball? speed. Yep. Right, right, right. And, and we subscribe to some of the same databases that, I mean, it's, it is the same database that 64, the 65 power five schools around the country. And that has verified measurements, right? So our rankings are always going to project towards what these kids are going to do at the next level and where they're going to end up getting drafted, right? Where we're judged the hardest is that last weekend of April, early May NFL draft, right? Everyone loves to throw up there. Hey, this kid was a two-star. How did everyone miss on him? We're trying to avoid those two stars. I tell people all the time, right? We think that they think we just rank these kids off offers and that's, that's far from the case. I mean, if I could have a kid in the top two, four, seven that signed with, you know, Florida Atlantic, and then he goes on and gets drafted, that would be awesome. Just the reality is, you know, the big boys are always getting getting the best talent. And you look at the the scouting combine, I, I think it's like Georgia, uh, Alabama, LSU, TCU, Florida, they're all in the top five when it comes to the most um, a, a, a amount of invites, right? So you got the film, you know, the verified measurements, the multi-sport, and then those in-person evaluations, right? Um, you know, I, I was just up in Atlanta, going to be at IMG on Thursday, going to get uh, over to Orlando for a camp. You know, we have guys all around the country. They get out to these games and yeah, it's not actual football a lot of the times, but everything is an evaluation in, in terms of seven on seven. How does this kid respond to stiff competition? You know, it, 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 it's a fun exercise when you get all these elite corners in the same tournament. And sure, guys are going to have off days, but you can really kind of stack and rack them when you get that live exposure. So it's, it's a process. It's a fluid process. You know, we're always trying to tinker with it. Uh, one area where I wish we could continue to improve and what we're trying to explore different ways is, is that, that interview process and, right. and trying to trying to get a kid's mindset. That is so important right now. You talk with people on the college side and, and, and what they're doing in the transfer portal era right now. I mean, you don't want to waste a counter waste the spot on a guy that's looking to bounce right away. And if you look at the NFL side, how they have their operations set up, I mean, they get all those interviews at the combine, you get interviews at the senior bowl, and then you can bring, I I think it's what, 50 guys in for individual visits. So that's an area where we're looking to improve. And and really to me, as I've transitioned into this role, getting an opportunity to talk with a kid like, Air Nolan or Mike Matthews. And it's not me asking, Hey, where are you visiting? No, just kind of picking the kid's brain. And sure. that, that gives you a little bit more context to what's going on. So I, I hope that answered the question. Definitely. Um, great answer. Scouting is a fluid process. It's a case by case deal. Like uh, I happened to intern in basketball operation for an NBA team low many years ago. And he told me the boss said, don't draft the outlier. But if you miss the outlier, you're fired. (laughs) So it's a case by case basis, man. You just don't know. And also, by the way, some people grow. This is what people, I mean, we're talking about you're you're getting introduced to these kids 14, 15, 16, 17. Some kids hit their growth spurt at 20, man. You know what you're dealing with? So it's a completely fluid process. There's no way to be perfect in it in any way. And here's what I will defend when it comes to Ohio State. I know that there are buck owners that don't appreciate the template we use at 24 seven for the NFL. But I will tell you this, I'm, there are Mr. Bucknuts who I'm not sure you know of is, is again, 
Every single guy who comes to Ohio State is coming here to get to the NFL, and that's it. Okay? Every single one. Are there other programs where this may not be the case? Sure. Every single kid that comes to Ohio State thinks he's staying for three years, and every single one, their family wants him to get to the NFL. So it is a huge deal for Ohio State when Nick Bosa signs that contract. It's going to be a huge deal when we have the NFL draft every year. That's why I don't get super geeked on the recruiting because everybody who's the one thing everyone agrees on is they're all going to be sitting and thinking about what they'd be looking like in the living room with CD lamb, taking the phone away from his girlfriend yeah. kind of thing. They all envision that that's a new rite of passage. I'll guarantee you Aaron Nolan has thought about what he's going to be, you know, so that's important. And so the fact that we have it set up like that to me personally for the way our site runs is great. So we appreciate that. I digressed heavily and I promise a finish with Elias Rudolph. He's, he's one, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know a ton about him. And when, what about Deerfield beach though? Where's he going? How competitive? That's what I was going to bring up, right? Deerfield beach is, is the program. I, I want to say they have three guys off the top of my head in the NFL. And, and the biggest one is Jerry Judy. Um, he was at he was at Deerfield Beach. Uh, I think Brandon Powell, who is is bouncing around the league, kind of as a special teams. It's a legit guy. Florida program, though. It is, it is, but it, it has underwent a transition here recently, and I'm honestly surprised he has landed at uh, Deerfield Beach, just because they had a great coach there, uh, Jovan Glenn. He is now at Shamanan Madonna. The talent has kind of trickled out to some of these other schools in the area, Dillard, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, Cardinal Gibbons, Chaminade, uh, American Heritage. They've all benefited from a, a changing of the guard. And you mentioned Florida and, and, and kind of how it works. I mean, these kids, when they grow up playing youth football in the parks, right, the high school coaches show up and they kind of pick who they want. So those kids have always been known that if I perform well, it's going to get me to a better high school. So Deerfield Beach has some talent, probably a little bit uh, not where it used to be, um, but I'm, I'm interested to see this fit, uh, interested to see if he actually plays a season there or, or maybe if he's poached by one of these other programs. But I'll, I'll say this, like as soon as spring football starts in, in two months, like that is going to be my first stop, Deerfield Beach, just to get – some eyes on him if we don't see him before that. Um, but it, it it is, I don't want to say it's a, a down year for edge players in South Florida. I mean, it's still a little early. We're still trying to figure it out, but I do think it is. And, you know, him going to down to Deerfield Beach, everyone in the country recruits this area, right? They fly into Fort Lauderdale Airport, first stop St. Thomas Aquinas, second stop Chaminade. Then you're going to hit American Heritage, and then you kind of start making the rounds there. So I think it's going to elevate elevate his stock a little bit. I think it's going to bring more competition to the table, but I know Ohio State's already doing its homework on that move. Um, you know, I, someone hit me up asking, hey, hey, what do you know about this? We're, you know, who's the coach there and all that stuff. So guy guy, I'm hoping to learn more about. Um, it's just funny, right? He just moves right right down the road for me. That, that's where he, he ends up. So we'll see. Ends up, I think, is the key word there. Like you mentioned, um, you know, he came from, a, there's even rumors he might come back to Taft for football. So who knows, man, that'll be one to watch. But uh, the last review we got on him was that he was that elite kind of edge, you know, 
Ohio State dialed in on him, but uh, this should make it a lot more interesting. We kept him for way too long, 40 minutes. That might be a record, and he could probably go for another 40, but uh, he has other obligations. He's the director of scouting. Andrew, once again, congratulations on re-upping with the company. It makes us all happy, and congratulations on your nuptials. Andrew will be getting married in the next 10 days. So, ladies, he's off the market. You female fans here that have been tuning in for Andrew, uh, you're just going to have to stick to his knowledge from here on. Andrew, we really appreciate it, man. Oh, thanks for having me on. Anytime you guys need me.